Courage to Hope with Tony LaGreca is a show supporting the fight for sobriety against substance abuse and changing the stigma that comes along with it. Tony has been helping families, friends, and loved ones discover recovery services as well as coping skills for over six years following the death of his own son to opioids. Join Tony and his guests each week as they reveal the courage to hope. Here's your host, Tony LaGreca. Thank you, Ben. And this is Tony LaGreca, and this is The Courage to Hope. And tonight's guest is Jamie Regan. Uh, Jamie and I met at the grief conference up in Framingham back in October. We were both on the same panel together uh, with grandparents and great-grandparents raising children. So it was an interesting conversation that we were both on, and I got to know him pretty well. And I, I know that what he has to say would be quite interesting today um, about how grandparents are dealing with grandchildren. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, Tony. It's good to be here. And that was an amazing conference up in Framingham and um, a lot of support from so many different people uh, at different levels of uh, dealing with uh, losing loved ones from addiction and people active addiction now, but um, it's, there's a lot more help today than there was a decade ago. That's for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> we've actually yeah, done a couple of people that we, that I met up there. Um, Lisa Williams and, and uh, Luke, the um, guitar player guy, uh, Luke Schmaltz. He's, um, he's quite an interesting uh, person. Um, so, but on our, our committee, we were on raising grandchildren. So let's go back to the beginning of this. Um, your son passed away. And how did he get initially? Did he get addicted? How did that? Where was what? How old was he? And what was so, the history? Sure. Uh, Jake um, he went to a um, school up in um, New Hampton, New Hampshire, and um, they had quite a football team and um some of the guys on the team were experimenting with steroids and um that you know was his first steps out of bounds and um you know we noticed that his um behavior was um much more aggressive and uh louder and rough than when he started school there and he really um he went there for uh, his uh junior and senior year and you know his body he bulked right up and you know it was quite a football program. They did a great job. They won the championship. Um, he was the center and um, really enjoyed football. But, you know, the whole working out stuff. And then that led to other substances. There was a lot um, of uh, marijuana. And um, there was um, other drugs, um, Percocets. And um, eventually what took him out because of um, the lack of um, the Percocets, he um tried heroin and he was in and out of several different programs over the 10 year period. And, um, he had a lot of good time in sobriety, enjoyed sobriety, but, um, you know, he had some pretty stressful situations. He was a very young father when, um, he was, um, 17, 18, he had his first daughter, um, my granddaughter, Isabel, um, who's now, um, 17, uh, junior in high school. And, um, and then 10 years later with another woman, he had his second daughter, Madeline, um, who's now a first grader. And, um, I've been raising her since she was in preschool, uh, one years old 
So, um, you know, that's, that's part of it. And, you know, he loved his kids. He loved his life. He was a very hard worker. He was in the trades. He really enjoyed, um, all that work. He enjoyed his meetings. He, um, enjoyed a lot of things, but the stress of, um, you know, being a young father and the stress of, um, bills and, um, finding a place to live, um, you know, some, it kind of took him out a few times and he relapsed and, um, you know, the, 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 the last time was just, um, you know, he, he was, um, uh, in recovery for quite a period and, you know, he got, someone gave him um, fentanyl that was um, deadly and took him out. And we've seen a lot of that on Cape Cod, the South shore of um, Massachusetts. Um, You know, it's not a fair fight. These kids don't want to die. It is a disease. When he passed away, we were very um, public about the fact that, you know, he died from the disease of addiction. Um, So many times you'll see an obituary in the newspaper and it will say, um, died suddenly and you know it's it's not the case it's a it's a long um situation with the disease and how it works and you know it's a family disease and we do what we can with it but um raising the granddaughters has been you know a, a real joy at many times and other times it's just good old-fashioned hard work and getting up and making the bus by 7 30 or 8 11 yeah. Um, you know, you got to suit up and show up, you know? Yeah. It forces you to be on the, on your game all the time. Um, how long after your son passed, did you end up, um, getting your, your granddaughter? Madeline, Madeline. Yeah. Almost a year went by. Um, and I was very involved in her life and, you know, I always, you know, I love kids. Um, I love my kids. I love my grandkids. Um, they're fun. Um, I'm a lot of fun to be with and, you know, we always do stuff. Um, um, you know, we're very active. We, we, we skin, swim, we ski, um, you know, we do all sorts of activities, boating, um, beaching, um, some travel, but, um, you know, the, 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 the first year, um, we would, you know, doing some doing okay, you know, taking them overnight and doing some different things. And then, um, um, his um did you take both of them overnight at the same time or oh, oh yeah had, they're, different, they're all different. actually the, the whole crew it's an interesting crew um isabel's 17 and then um maddie has a stepsister who's um four years plus older than her she's now um 11 um and um she lived with me for about a year and a half and then um um there was another baby born to another person. So um, their mother, um, Maddie's mother has um, three daughters and um, a younger one who'll be five in June. So um, it's um, been interesting and it's all grandparents raising these kids. And in my case, um, my older granddaughter is being raised by my mother who's um, in her um, 80s. So it's, um, it's interesting to say the least. Um, and you know, we're lucky where my mother was in, um, had a, um, school for many years and, um, you know, very involved in children and had her own uh, nursery school for over 60 years. So, you know, children have been a big part of our family, um, for many years, both, um, her own kids and other people's kids. And, um, I've been very involved in the Boys and Girls Club movement. Uh, I was a club kid myself in Waltham 
back in the sixties, learned how to swim there. And my kids are very involved um, here on Cape Cod with the boys and girls club. And um, you know, it's family, good family stuff. Yeah. So now does your, the oldest daughter, granddaughter lives in Waltham. You live on the Cape. So do they get to see each other? They do. You know, we make sure um, monthly, a couple times a month um, with the other girls, we, we try to meet quarterly because um, one of the other girls lives out in the western part of Mass with her grandmother. And then um, the younger one is um, about 10 miles from me here on the Cape. So, you know, we, we, we um, get together as often as we can, um, not as often as we like, but as often as we can because everybody's got busy lives and stuff to do. Yeah, well, what's the deal with the mother? She's got three kids from three different guys. Yes, yeah, and she's had um, some really challenging uh, problems with addiction uh, since she was a young child. Her parents both were addicted, um, and they haven't been involved in any of the grandkids' lives. Um, that's why I say, you know, it's a family disease. Um, I'm very blessed to have spent some time in both um, – 12-step programs, and especially Al-Anon's been a real help um, to work through some of this stuff. And having some good personal therapy and family therapy also um, works well. Nothing like taking care of your mental health because um, it's needed. Yeah, so let's, on the Al-Anon, what, yes. what, have you, what have you learned from Al-Anon? What are they teaching you to, how to deal? Well, um, Accepting that it's a disease, um, there's a lot of tools that they have. Um, a lot of it is to put the focus on yourself and, and, and don't be at the effect of the addict or alcoholic. Um, you know, to, to talk things out, to reason with people, to, um, you know, know when something has to be said or not said. Um, and that's always a challenge for me because as you can probably tell i'm a talker um yes. and uh just being able to um you know think first um probably one of the biggest things i've learned and i've been with alan on um oh it's over eight years now um to respond instead of react you know things get better done and you know raising the girls and being with the girls um you know, you don't have to go to every fight you're invited to. You don't have to react to every little things, you know, don't sm sweat the small stuff. Um, and then, you know, safety issues are probably my most important things. And, you know, emotional stuff, um, some of it, you know, um, it'll blow over and some of it needs more attention. But just, um, you know, the, the thing that I find that's so important with the girls is, you know, to let them know that they're not abandoned, even though they don't have their mother in their life every day, you know, they have, um, you know, they can count on me being there. And um, one of the challenging parts is um, when I'm not available, whether I'm working or doing um, some recreational stuff, um, having a good support system. And um, I've been very fortunate to meet um, some senior 
citizen woman who have been um, a godsend. You know, I've got some real core people. I actually had Mary Poppins employed with me. And what you hear about the spoonful of sugar isn't always correct. You know, she's, um, you can get the spoonful of sugar, but you're going to clean the house and you're going to do what she says and keep everything orderly, which is, um, you know, good for us. You know, um, Maddie loves to make her bed. She's picking up chores and stuff. Um, uh, you know, the, the housekeeping, we don't get an A plus. It's kind of like, um, the, the odd couple of times the two of us sharing the house. So, um, you know, just chores and meals and just different things. And, um, you know, trying to get each other to, um, eat healthy and, you know, um, take care of ourselves, uh, and having a good routine. That's another thing we do. You know, we swim on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We, um, do other things. Um, we are very, um, involved in our church. That's very helpful. Um, and Maddie really enjoys that, uh, being involved in the church and it's good to have other people that we see constantly and, you know, a, a good community, you know, we're, we're welcomed into the community. I don't feel the stigma is what it was, um, a decade ago. Okay. Um, when, in, as far as Maddie in school, is she, is she well, well balanced or does she have to have, uh, does she have she a therapist? therapist? Um, well, I, I all, you know, I, I do want her to have, um, and they do provide some services and just, you know, um, wellness check, good stuff. Um, and um, she does really good with that. Um, she uh, is a good student. Um, I just recently, over the holidays, uh, before Christmas break, I was um, invited into the classroom with um, other uh, parents and, um, oh, we had a blast. And she was so proud that her grandfather, she um, so, so I was able to volunteer in school and, uh, it was just so much fun. We had a holiday theme and we were doing some math. They were doing art projects and, you know, there were other parents in there and, um, very good school system. She was, um, blessed to have a kindergarten teacher that was, um, old school and then, um, just, uh, amazing. She's got a teacher that taught third grade for 20 years now is her first grade teacher and, it's fascinating because I would scratch my head. They're teaching them how to do it this way. And, you know, they were learning sight reading and I was so brainwashed into phonics and stuff like that. And to see it all click and uh, Maddie loves to read. And she also loves to give me spelling tests. And I'm so happy that Alexis is available to be a private tutor for the family to ask how to spell a question. Um, but, uh, and the other thing that was amazing, they have this big whiteboard that's like a 60-inch TV that has part computer in it, part chalkboard, um, a very high, intense technical tool, and the kids just love it. Um, there's a lot of stuff hung in the room, um, number scales, the new math. Um, I have to read the directions a few times to make sure I'm focused on what we're really talking about, not what I think is going on. And um, she's picking it up. So real happy with her and, education um, and her um, social skills. What grade is she in now? First grade. First, First grade. grade. Okay. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. All right. So that that's good. I'm thinking about my own great grandchild, you know, my step great grandchild. Right. He, yeah. He, he he has he's he's a whiz with numbers, but he still has emotional issues because mm. he never his both his parents are alive, but one's in one's in rehab and the other one is he's got a 
problem and can't the court's not allowing him to see the kids except for one hour a week and under a controlled environment. So it's um, he had trouble with the law when he was he's got a mental issue that's um, kind of like schizophrenia. So mm. if he's not on his medication, he can be out of control. So uh, and he's and he misses his parents, you know, and that's a big thing sure. that we try to sure. try to yeah. fill in that gap. But it's it's not all that easy for us. No, no. And, and, and you know, um, you know, I, I never would try to replace um, her parents. You know, my son's gone and, you know, we have pictures of him around the house and we talk about him and um, he's buried not too far from the house. So we go visit the gravesite every once in a while, which is um, um, helpful. Um and then, you know, the whole situation with her mom is very confusing. But, you know, you mentioned the court system and um, it's been really challenging, um, especially from the safety point of view. And, um, you know, between DCF, the court system, you know, it's so out of your control. Um, you know, there was a time that I was having regular visits from DCF and, um it was hard, you know, and, and the other thing that's hard is, you know, I'm so much older than these DCF workers for the most part. And, um, you know, I've raised a family. I'm on the second go around with this and, you know, um, dealing with how uh, the mother communicates and how I communicate and you know, just the whole safety stuff. I mean, to me, safety is a big, big issue. And um Safety includes mental health uh, and, and abuse. And one of the things um, that I've been dealing with is her mother's been sending, first it was certified letters, which is a real pain in the butt, because especially this time of year, you have to go in the post office and you sign for them. And um, I said, please don't do that. And then it's it's other things, but she's trying to make contact. And she did this with Maddie's older sister. And then she abandoned her again. And it really messed her up until i see some really uh strong recovery for a period of time you know I, I, it does more and again I've, I've gone to many different therapists in the school people um to um you know just get some coaching myself uh, how to deal with this and they say you know you, you're better to leave it um not communicating with the mother um, until she has proven herself with a job and, you know, being back into society and stuff versus have her bouncing in and out of there. Cause that really confuses the heck out of the kid. So yeah, are you the uh, legal, are you a legal guardian now or are you a interesting uh, question? I am the permanent guardian, but that doesn't mean, you know, that isn't permanent. Like we think of permanent, you know um, you know, yeah. I, I think permanent means everlasting and, it could be challenged. Um, you know, I am still working and um, I will be collecting my retirement and um, down the road in oh, about a year and a half. And um, I, you know, will have some inheritable situations to where we do get some funds from when my um, son passed away. Um, but it's, it's not enough to keep, you know, even keep up with the private babysitting stuff. I mean, you know, raising a kid in today's world and, um, in today's situation, it's, um, you know, it's important, but I, so I, I guess why I bring this up is I may have to 
do something. I do get some vouchers because of my age and, you know, I'm a senior citizen. Um, and that's a whole thing, knowing what's available and what to use and what not to use. And um, it's a bit of a puzzle constantly. And I, I do belong to some grandparents groups, which has been very helpful um, through the process. And, you know, there, uh, you know, there's not many men involved um, and the women are wonderful. You know, they, they come with their own experience and very helpful. But one of the things we um, get, we sit around talking and, well, what did they tell you? What did they tell you? And, you know, it's amazing how we all get different stories on certain things. So, um, you know, just the support to know that we're not um, hearing things differently. It's like, whoa, okay, this is, this did happen differently. They, they, they said this to me and they said this to that person and all that. And, you know, we've had stuff with supervised visits and, you know, she didn't show up and they did it at terrible tra traffic times. And, you know, I mean, the kid, after the kid gets out of school, once they're out of school, you know, they're kind of, burnt out a bit they need a little bit of a break and they need um you know some transitional time to do an activity and transitional time to get a snack or an early dinner or so and you know that their batteries run out like ours do that's one thing about having a grandkid and a great grandkid where you know okay i'll go to bed now too we'll wake up early so yeah. we're in a similar time period so i was going to ask you that what time is what normal what is your normal bedtime Oh, we, we start around 8, 8.30, and then if the Celtics or the Bruins are on, sometimes it gets delayed a bit, but, you know, by 9.30, you know, and um, she has a little bit of a uh, ritual to, to go into bed, and, you know, we like to say our prayers and just, you know, relax, and sometimes I get to give her a little back massage and talk about our day, but, you know, that's where I get a lot of joy out of, you know, having a relax and go to sleep and then, you know, get her up in the morning in a happy place. And it's a blessing. She's a very joyful kid. She's, you know, just really yeah. loves life. And, you know, she even can comb her hair and brush her teeth without many commands and make her bed. <laughs> you know, she can do stuff. Um, and, you know, as she grows older, there's more she'll do. So it's good that oh, way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you've been fortunate that, um, She's she seems pretty stable. Um, now tell me about your situation. Where's now the woman you were married to, the one that was the mother of this of your child that passed away? Right. Um, yes, my my former wife. Um, you know, it was too stressful for her, and you know, I did a little bit of research and belonged to some grief groups, etc. And um, it's just amazing how many couples don't make it after someone. Uh, a child passes away um and, you know we're still friendly it took a while to get that to that level but um you know i'm um i've always been very family centric and you know um she has a, a different path um you know she helps me out when she's up to it um but i'm always up to it because this is my commitment but it's you know it's given me a whole new look on life and you know um i've heard of my higher power only gives me what I can handle. And, you know, I can handle this. And um, I like that serenity prayer. Sometimes I need that. <laughs> so yeah, does, she, um, does she ever take Madeline, your, your ex-wife? She, she does. She does it, um, you know, once a month, um, a couple nights overnight, um, and emergencies occasionally. Um, I'm looking to have her take her for, you know, 
week here or there. Um, you know, I'm involved in a lot of things and in the twilight of my career. So I get um, invited to conferences um, in different parts of the country and uh, they're fun. They're, you know, it's uh, I always like to see where the venue is and, you know, what's going on. I don't think I'd go to Las Vegas for a junket, but it's fun to go to a real estate convention and, you know, go and see a show or um, something like yeah. that. That's always well, you, good. You got to have a life. I do have a life, you know, um, it could be, you know, a little bit more uh, with a companion at some point, but it'll come when it's supposed to. Yes. I mean, you're, I mean, what, what you're doing now, you have to stay focused with so much, you know, and um, I, I was thinking that with the way you, the way you're talking, you grew up in Waltham and yes. um, I lived in Waltham for a short time and a lot different. Everything was family orientated and the Sunday dinners were always every Sunday at two o'clock. Everybody sat around the table and that sort of thing. And if you didn't grow up in that style, family is different to you. You know, it's a it's a other people are in a different mindset. No, that that's so true. Sitting down at the table with everybody and um you know, I just remember my grandmother and my great grandmother, the cooks they were. I'm interesting. I'm half Irish, um, a quarter Italian and a quarter English, and um, you know, real multiple of nations. And the 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 Italian part, the cooking was just so amazing. The baked manicotti, the lasagna, and um, I actually worked in an Italian restaurant, so we still go to that restaurant, take the girls um, with my mom, you know, the um, four generations going to the restaurant is always uh, fun, but um, yeah, I worked at that restaurant to know that I wanted to be in a profession, and that's hard work, that restaurant business is very demanding. Oh, yeah, no, I you don't ever own a restaurant. The restaurant owns you. Yes. Yeah. I, anything that's 24-7 and you've got to, you know, uh, you've got to rely on food being in good condition and making sure everything is working. You've got to know, you got to you got to guess right. It's a lot of gamble and, you know, how many steaks you have to frost and how many do this and that. I I worked in a restaurant too and I, I knew right away, I said, this is not something I'm never going to do. When I get older, you know, I worked on a turkey farm, which was a little different. We'd freeze the turkeys and then cook them Thanksgiving time. We used to cook 30 turkeys at a time. Wow. That's my specialty of cooking because that's the only thing I've had massive experience in. And and I know how to boil an egg. You know, that's about it. You know, uh, well, I I, uh, did some fundraising with frying turkeys. Um, I did it for the uh, Boys and Girls Club and some other um, charities. And um, I, someone who actually lost their son um, had me over for a party one time and they taught me how to fry a turkey. And uh, it was just so cool to figure out how to do it with the oil. And um, God, I've probably done over 100 of them and raised over $25,000 doing it. And uh, my son used to help me and go out and do that. And um, I've kind of retired that for now but you know i could do it again and it's just um you know food it brings people together you know food family just you know talking about it and that's um you know that's what we uh do with the girls you know we always try to get together like you say with the whole group um once a quarter and uh 
you know, Maddie, um, trying to feed her breakfast. She's not a big breakfast person. Um, um, but boy, um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting part of it. Try to eat healthy and, you know, try to, um, give them the right nutrition and, you know, what they want and what they should have. And, um, we're always coming up with new, um, different, uh, venues of stuff. So, uh, that's fun. You have to keep it, keep it, um, what's the word I want to say? You have to keep it, keep it healthy, you know, and at the same time, you know, you're, you're doing everything, you know, you've got, it's a good thing you have a job that you can make, you're making decent money at, because it'd be quite stressful if you had to work 50 hours a week somewhere. Yeah, um, I don't know how, how I do it. Like I say, you know, ra raising just the expense of, um, you know, keeping up with all the different things um, needed to do. Um, yeah, it's expensive to, to do life here in 2024. Um, but you just do what you can and, um, you know, just get into the food thing. Um, you know, certain things she really likes, the fish, um, Chinese food, healthy Chinese food. And then we, we have our Christmas treat, which I cannot believe I actually fell in love with. Vegan eggnog ice cream. We go and have ice cream at this place. Um, Mashpee Commons is right where we live. So just a little ritual oh, yeah. after school and stuff like that. And um, I'm hoping that's healthy, Tony. It sounds good, doesn't it? Uh, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's good. I've had it. It's good. It tastes good, too. So that makes it okay. If, you know, if you think it's healthy and it tastes good, why not? Right. You know? <laughs> Yeah. everything in moderation yeah. but boy that moderation is interesting <laughs> from a spoon yeah, um, to a gallon <laughs> i never met any eggnog i didn't like yeah so so especially eggnog ice cream they, yeah. um, oh. they make the um my wife just made the eggnog french toast Ooh, delicious it's, it is and she and she put an extra egg in it on top of it you know so yeah, it tasted good. Didn't even need any maple syrup or butter on it. It was just, mm. and she used Ezekiel bread, which is a oh, veg vegetarian-based bread kind of thing. Oh, so, nice. So, yeah. I like the scally bread with the the, the, the um, seeds in it and just delicious. That's your Italian side coming out yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. True. So now these these girls that are, uh, half sisters, the the ones that are close to Madeline in age, um, do they? Where's the guy? Where are the guys involved here? That their their husband, their father's still alive? Um, yes, and you know they too have had some addiction issues, um, and some of them have been incarcerated, and um, yeah, they've they've had some situations, and some have tried to be back in their lives and moderately in their lives, and um, you know, it's um, it's just a little different how um, you know, they, they react family wise, um, and how attached or detached they can be. Um, yeah, um, you know, the the addiction can really um, be a challenge. You know, the unmanaged addiction can be a real challenge. It is. So do you, are you familiar with either, um, let's say, suboxidine or bupropamine as far as a, is a uh, it's a drug. And it, it seems to be one of the things to get people to, to 
gradually decrease and to eliminate being dope sick. Um, are you in favor of that sort of treatment or do you believe it should be well, cold I, turkey? I'm, I'm definitely in favor of it. And everybody's own path to recovery is, you know, their personal path and how, how it's done and how it takes is their, their personal thing. I've seen some of it um, abuse and I've seen people on it for a long period of time, like, you know, a decade, which um, I scratched my head at. But, you know, um, dealing with the demons is, uh, you know, I, I try not to put too much judgment on how people do it. And again, if they, you know, if they can do what they're going to say they're going to do and they're going to be productive with the um, the kids, okay. Um, but if they're, you know, not stable enough to do that and it's going to cause the kids to suffer, um, you know, mental illness and, you know, the kids when they, when they're not, um, when their parents aren't available to them, you know, they think the kids think they did something wrong and, you know, the kids are too young to comprehend that, you know, this is a sickness. And, you know, when we lost Jake and went through what we did with that, one of the things that was brought to my attention, you know, if he died of cancer, you know, we would have had plenty of casseroles, but you know, when someone dies of an overdose and, you know, has um, mental health issues and um, suffers with that type of thing. It's still, you know, it, it's much better than it was, but it's still got a bit of a stigma to it. And, you know, how we deal with the grief and everything um, is challenging. You know, there's all sorts of recovery centers that do different things. Um, morphine <laughs> places were um, big in the area. Also, um, Vivitrol was big here in the area, um, so it, it was. I heard that Vivitrol is the the county sheriff in Bonstable County was doing Vivitrol for the prisoners that came in that were addicted, and and it's supposed to last thirty days. It seemed to last only twenty six or twenty seven, you know, and and those last three days became danger points for some of the people when they left the prison. Well, Sheriff Cummings was one of the first sheriffs in the country to um, take that on. And, you know, he, he was very committed. He was there for um, over 25 years and, um, you know, was really involved with the inmates because there was a time where most of it, the inmates were either drugs or alcohol. And um, I've been volunteering in the Bonstable County Jail um, over the last several years. Um, with Al-Anon and um, the other 12-step program. And um, there's a new sheriff now, Sheriff Donna Buckley, who's um, worked for Sheriff Cummings um, as the attorney and really um, knows a lot about um, addiction and um, different services. And um, she's been there a little over a year now, and we've been going in once, twice a month. And um, boy, the inmates just like to see people from the outside come in and talk to them and care about them and show them these different programs available. And um, it's kind of, it's not as um, heavy as it was. I don't know if it's an after COVID thing or whatever, but the, you know, the whole population is down substantially um, at the uh, jail. And um, as far as there's still plenty of addiction and alcoholism 
uh, there, but there's also a lot of um, oh mental health issues with uh, people and families and domestic violence and that type of stuff. That's really come up. And again, I think it all ties into mental health and, you know, it's um, doing a program one day at a time and, you know, having some hope and faith and courage to uh, do what it takes to address the issue. And, you know, being able to look at the past, not forget your past, but not dwell on it either. You know, that's, um, you know, and know um, every day and having um, the spirituality, you know, your own higher power, your own plan that, you know, you keep yourself accountable to. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of excellent recovery here on the Cape, um, here at the County Jail. Um, I've seen it uh, in the community. We have a lot of sober houses, a lot of programs um, on uh, in Falmouth, Mashpee, Upper Cape, throughout the Cape. Um, and people can um, recover, you know, that people can recover. And I'm, I'm just blown away at the different people I've met in recovery at all walks of life that would just, just shocks me how um, rough it was and how good people are doing now. Well, that's a good thing. When you were doing, uh, talking at the prison, do they, do they section people on the Cape? Do they send them to that place or do they send them to the Plymouth County thing out in the state forest? Well, the, the sectioning thing, I'm a little, you know, I'm hearing people that have had long-term recovery, you know, they used to get sectioned to Bridgewater and that, that whole situation. And I, I do know of, um, you know, we, we've looked to have, um, you know, family members sectioned for, you know, being a danger to themselves and others. Um, right now, it's not as in the forefront. Um, but what I do see uh, is um, the people working in the jail and um again the mental health the physical health um you know i've talked to so many different groups of inmates um everything from a shock program where they volunteer to be very rigorous um while they're in the jail and they get good time for that to um one of the most moving meetings i ever went into was the women's group and how um you know it was really sad and moving to see how much pain a lot of um the the women were in and you know how they were in multiple times and you know the lack of hope and you know just um mm -hmm. showing them that you know people that have been involved in these 12-step programs you know um taking it a little bit at a time you know a year goes by quick, five years goes by, um, you know, 10 years goes by. Some people have some long-term recovery in the community. And, you know, it, it's such an honor to see someone with 25, 35. I even have a friend that's got almost 60 years of recovery, and it's it's just fascinating. But they do it one day at a time, like the program says. Yep, that's what you have to do and have. My my disease of addiction is gambling, and you said you barely you like to watch the Celtics and the Bruins. And if you watch the Celtics now, they they're giving out the they're, they're giving out the halftime lines, and they're giving out a money line, and and it's like craziness, you know, you know, uh, giving out lines in the middle of a game, you know, you know, you can bet on everything. 
Well, I, 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 you know, I've, I've tried a little bit of that. You know, you, you do the hundred dollar thing, and I still have credits in it. And um, I've always done a little recreational fun back in the day when it wasn't necessarily, you know, you, you do it. We had a group of people doing the pick four club. Um, any idiot could win. All you had to do is get the four games right with a spread, which was almost impossible. But, um, you yeah. know, the Celtics thing and just this whole, you know, marijuana is legal, gummies legal, um, uh, gambling's legal. It's just, it's overwhelming what's so legal now. And, um, you know, I know what I can do and what I can't do. And, you know, if I lose a uh, hundred bucks, I'm pissed. <laughs> so uh, that keeps yeah. me keeps me uh on there and that whole lottery thing i do you know when it gets up to 650 million dollars or so it's like all right put two dollars in but you know your chances of that are just we had a chance of getting hit by lightning yeah um, so true so you know i but it, you know i'm the opposite if i it's like i'm like the alcoholic who can't have one drink if i have if i make one bet I know I'm in trouble. And I mean, I had a nightmare recently where I was betting $20 to win 22 on the Celtics or something. I bet 22 to win 20, you know, so I'd get $44 back. And when I woke up, I was just horrified that I even had the dream, you know, because I, it is such a day-to-day -day thing, as you say. And I've, I've been 38 years. And Good I was, a, I was a, um, a ranked poker player and I'd go to Las Vegas and play in wow. the big tournaments and put in wow. at those days, we used to put in 1500 or $2,000 to, to play and play for three days sometimes until every, till you're down to three people, you know? So, wow. yeah, but I, I can't do it. I break out yeah. into a sweat and the anxiety is just, just awful, you know? So I, um, I, I know, I know my limit. So I know what, when people have addiction, I know what they're going through. I know how hard it is, you know, and I, I'd, I'd like to see more people quit smoking. I still see people that smoke and we have 120,000 people dying in America each year. Now, like 70% of it is fentanyl poisoning, but we still have 400,000 people buying, dying from tobacco related diseases, 400,000, mm -hmm. 400,000. So it's still, three and a half times as many people dying from tobacco. You know, it's just the difference is those people dying from tobacco are 60 to 70 years of age, usually not 23 or 26. So it's, that's much more dramatic, you know, cause the whole life is gone instead of the life that's that they would have. It's the life that they didn't have. And right. that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. You, you mentioned anxiety and, um, in these, um, uh, programs, um, you know, we talk about, um, having feelings and, um, you know, um, getting your feelings back. And, you know, the good news is, um, you get your feelings back. The challenging news is you get your feelings back because knowing how to, um, deal with the anxiety and, um, just uh, and that's why it's so important for me to pay to pay attention for my own personal mental health, but so I can um, be with um, my granddaughters and um, just you know let them know when they're dealing with feelings that it's okay, and um, you know just um, 
feeling through it because you know it's it's going to change you know it's it's that that anxiety feeling it, it it's going to change it doesn't always have to be that way and um i think it's great that the the kids are learning how to um do some meditation some breathing um some exercise to deal with stuff um i think it's come a long way since i was a kid and um you know i try to um do some daily work myself and um definitely weekly work and um you know, just, just breathing. I mean, the whole thing, I can't believe that I, you know, concentrate on my breathing sometimes and how great I feel afterwards to get it. Today, I, I went for a bike ride as part of my whole thing. It wasn't long, but it was cold. My, my limit is 38 degrees and I had to wear my ski clothes and just taking a good um, breath of um, fresh, cold air, you know, that reinvigorated. Oh, yeah. Me. So um, that'll do it. Keeps those rosy cheeks, Tony. <laughs> That's right. Well, I was going to say I did bike riding today too, but I did it indoors. Indoors, so, yeah. At the yeah, gym, I get too so. bored. I, I I get on the bike, and those bikes they have. Oh my god, with TVs and everything, it's like amazing. But um, no, I li live in a pretty flat, circular area, and you know I can do um a good four or five mile thing in less than a half hour, and you know. Then I can go eat a cookie and, you know, I have other stuff that I probably not feel, yeah, not feel guilty about it. Um, right, right. My, now my, my, my thing with cream. bicycling is those people that drive out of the driveways that don't look. I, mm. I, I've been, I did the outdoor thing and I was almost hit at least twice in one, in one week. Yeah, and I said, yeah. I, I can't do this anymore because in Duxbury where I live, we got a lot of hedges. Yes, yes, you poke, do. Yeah. They, they, they poke their head out, like the car out, just to see if anybody's coming. And by that time, um, on their fender, you know. Yeah. So uh, I just decided oh. to go back indoors. And um, I'd like, before we run out of time, I, the one thing that, you know, you, you spent a year without Madeline living with you. So you spent a year going through grief. And your wife did as well. So, um there's all these different phases of grief. And can you, would you mind explaining how, how it was for you, like the first month, the second month? And, and so you, you get an idea of, you sure. know, sure. you, I know you were I, in shock, but did you, you know, I was, how, um, how, were the, how was it? The, the first, you know, I, I knew my son had a problem and I, and I um, intellectually knew that, you know, something, could happen don't ask me what um but, but i just had a mini technical problem there uh, the point okay. being I took, um so the um intellectually you know and and he lost a lot of friends and you know he would go to the wakes and you know bury his friends and that um which kind of even surprised me more that you know um how the whole thing worked and how the disease of it but the day he died, um, I actually felt like I got harpooned and I was in such physical pain. And, um, you know, my parents um, have a summer place here uh, in the same town. And, you know, I was able to be with them. And I, I just, you know, yes, it was shocked, but the, the physical pain was um, really, really tough. And, um, you know, that whole numbness um, that was there. And then um, we were asked early on to be involved with, um, there was a program going on with recovery and um, they asked us to speak and, you know, to, to, to be involved in a 
concert they had and um it, it was um you know we felt like well we're, we're gonna you know say he died of addiction and we knew a lot of other parents that have gone through it and you know we were public about it so it kind of helped us get through it um and um many different feelings we went to some immediate grief counseling I, you know i wanted to do something um it was so important to me because we were able to um go to the place where he was and we saw him there and i was able to get a priest there um and do some special prayers and and that was i don't know that had some specialness to it but um uh, you know and then having the kids they were so little and you know how to deal with that and how to tell them it just i don't know it's like a bad netflix series for a while um and that there was these alternative um grief support groups um, about death and um alternative grieving situations and all the different steps and you know i i i, I took to it but um i can't say uh I can't say there was a magic way out of it by any stretch of the imagination. And, um, you know, I was um, able to feel the feelings and, and to deal with it. And, you know, I didn't go um, <clears throat> off out on a bender or anything like that um, where, you know, if, if I didn't have the Al-Anon groups and the different groups I belonged to, I might have. I had a lot of support from friends and um, the recovery community in general and um, just kind of took it. And then there was that time period that, you, you know, three months into it, like, and there's no one around, how do you deal with it? And, you know, um, I have had pictures of them and, you know, I talked to them sometimes and um, I just um, try to process it. And, you know, I look at, you know, being involved with the kids, like as a living amends and just, um you know, doing the right thing for the family and um, being as sharp and as, uh, you know, productive as I can um, for the family. And, uh, you know, that that's that's what's the priority is. And, you know, um, staying um, happy, joyous and free. That's one of the, the goals of these programs and, you know, being able to have grief, but still have, um, you know, that hope on top of it. And, you know, my hope now is for, um, the grandkids and my hope now for other people to get help and let them know that, you know, there's support out there. And it's amazing what a stranger will do for another person um, that's been through this type of stuff. Um, you know, and I think we, it ties back into that um, support group that we were at and how mesmerized some of the people were there. And, you know, we were all very different. There was two guys, two ladies there, and we all had very different stories, but we had a special bond um, by, um, you know, the topic and um, the concern for our own humanity and what it did for each other, sharing our, our feelings and our, um, you know, experience. Yeah. And did, did you get along with your wife? At, okay. Or did you guys grieve together? Um, was it a little bit, a li you know, yes, we grieved together and, you know, we, um, yes, we grieved apart. You know, it, it wasn't that. And, you know, even the, the um, funeral director, you know, he, he gave me some tips and stuff. And, you know, I didn't agree with some of the stuff. And 
um, you know, he said, you know, this could be like um, a death of a thousand pieces of glass cutting you. Um, and, you know, I, I saw that. And, you know, everybody is so, I'm sorry for your loss and that. And I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, um, but how she handled it and she was with her friends and, you know, then our friends. And, you know, we, we were in shock there for a bit of a time. Um, oh, yeah. And, it was shock, but it wasn't surprised because, you know, we, we knew this was possible and we had had other families and people we went to and did this and, uh, you know, lost their kids. And, you know, it, it's a it's a crappy club to be in. That's for sure. Um, I recently lost my brother um, about um, two months ago and I lost my dad about almost three years ago this spring. And um the grief with my brother brought back, you know, losing my dad and losing Jake. And um, there was, uh, you know, a few days, a few weeks or so where it all like, wow, you know, the whole concept of death and mortality. And, you know, it just um, and it ties into that every day at a time. You know, I mean, we're not immortal and, you know, we got to deal with things and, you know. It ties into why being happy, joyous, and free, and um, you know, making you know every day count. And um, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot more sophisticated than I ever dreamed of back when I was in high school. That's for sure. Um, oh yeah, you know? we couldn't imagine back when we were in high school. We didn't think I didn't think I'd live past fifty. You know, that yeah. was that was twenty six years ago now. <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm coming up on 50 years out of high school this spring it's like oh man um but yeah uh, we'll do it and you know and one of the things um um the whole culture and the music scene and everything and i know you guys do such a great job on wmex and i remember listening to it as a kid you know i like to tell people oh i remember that song when it was brand new it wasn't an oldie it was a new song and you know, yeah. having the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead and all the different um, bands and things that we had. But, um, you know, John Lennon saying right before he he uh, passed away, um, tragically, you know, life's what happens while you're making other plans. And boy, when I look at things sometimes, isn't that the truth? Yeah, that's a very good statement. Ruth. And um, one, one thing before we go, is there any one thing that you'd want the audience to be aware of that you haven't that I well, haven't asked you or haven't stated or anything you know I I can remember being hopeless when Jake was at some of his worst and um you know it's okay to go get help you know go to some group you know and and you don't only want to go to one you want to go to you know, in, in Alan, it says come to a meeting six times um, to see if you like it. Um, there is something that you can um, identify with. You know, I think the culture, you know, in our age group, you know, we were always comparing the one with the most toys wins and all that craziness. And, you know, I'm, I'm at such a peaceful thing because um, I'm able to identify with people And my story might not be the same as theirs, but that human compassion and just knowing some there and I've met some of the most amazing people on this journey. Um, you know, some great friends and, um, you know, just, you know, no, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. You can, you know, as tough as it is, you know, it's going to get on and you're going to have your moments of joy. 
Um, even if she did just give me a hell of a time getting the seatbelt buckled or combing her hair yeah. or something like that, you know, in a few minutes will blow by. We'll go get some eggnog ice cream. That's right. That'll that'll affect. And my wife says eggnog cures it. I mean, uh, eggnog, but she says ice cream cures everything. So, so true. Easy, easy way to put yourself in a good mood. Have some ice cream. So. Um, well, Jamie, I really want to talk. Thank you for talking to me today. It's really appreciated. And, um, and I think, you you know, I feel that you do all the right things so far. You're, everything is going good. And, you know, let's keep it going that way. Let's hope everything works out. And the only thing you have to worry about is graduations coming down the road, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Don't, don't think about how old you're going to be when she graduates from high oh. school. Nope. <laughs> but thank you, Tony. Keep up the good work. You know, um, it, it's good to be here. And, you know, there there is hope for all of us, even when it looks so despairing. You know, it'll pass. It'll pass. The good times will pass. The bad times will pass. You know, that's one thing we can count on is change. Right. Just stay steady and focused. That's all you have to do. All yep. right. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you. And this is Tony LaGreca, and this is The Courage to Hope. And we've been talking to Jamie Regan, who is a top real estate broker on Cape Cod somewhere. Thank you, and we'll talk again next time. All my best.